Go ahead. <laughs> Welcome back. It's a good life, Jeff and Joel's tell us from New Orleans with one of us afar in the nation's capital, episode 126. Oh, God, it sounds like shit. It does? Yeah. Is that better? Yeah, that's better. All right, kill that. Kill that. Joel, kill it. Kill it. Yeah, kill that. That's awful. Oh, my God. All right, folks. Well, I apologize for that. That's, uh, like, we're, we were just talking about how we live with our warts on the It's a Good Life Babe.com. Jeff and Joel Stales from New Orleans. Look, uh, we still. <laughs> <laughs> and not, and not well, first, we were talking. We were talking about how, uh, look, we started the podcast <laughs> and kept it to ourselves back in 2012 when, when, when people weren't doing like a podcast on a local level or it wasn't a, you know, some masturbatory thing for everybody to say that they've had a podcast. But look, I'm just saying, uh, in one form or another, for the last six years, I, it's incredible that it's been that am- amount of time. Uh, Joel Jackson and I have had a podcast, okay? Yep. So uh, with, with breaks in between, um, and we've been doing this one, and we've been doing it relatively seriously, but uh, uh, as, uh, during when the microphones were off, we were talking about how we like, we like our warts, and we like to present them to the public, and we don't care, and that's and it. So You specifically said we don't need to polish the turd. No, we don't need to polish this turd. At all. And, and, and that's the way that we're going to keep it on It's a Good Life, Babe. And look, here's the thing. If you're used to listening to other podcasts that are essentially just offshoots of radio that are aspiring to have this kind of like polish and veneer that uh, radio programs have, then I got news for you, man. We're not doing that because we, we, are, we're, we're, we are singularly devoted to, the, to, to, a, to, to an early development idea of podcast purity that happened in the early days of podcasting which is that you just turn on the microphone you have a few things to talk about and and you roll with it and that's what we're doing folks it's not like we're not into production value because you and i both as media professionals are into production value no we are we are so it's not like we're blind or ignoring production value it just so happens that life fucking happens and i got booked up here to D.C. real quick and to do some shit and we're suddenly figuring out like five minutes before we're rolling how we're going to do it. And we hadn't and done, and look, and my, and my laptop's like 10 years old, easily. Is that a disservice to our listeners, Jeff? I don't know. No, no, I don't think it's a disservice at all. I think that, I think that people uh, are, <laughs> and listeners, look, Write us back and let us know what you think. Yeah, uh, just, Amsterdam, sure. Philip, maybe you maybe you have some thoughts on the matter. I uh, hope you had a good time hanging out with Andrew Levy uh, right. <laughs> a few days back, and I'm sure you did. Uh, we got your messages, and 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 thank God. Uh, it's a good life, babe.com. Jeff and Joel's tales from New Orleans world. Why? And that's what counts, Jeff. Is we're hooking up people like those two dudes. You know. Oh my God! It's so great because uh, I've been watching all of his uh, posts about uh, where where those guys are going on their little uh, train spotting expedition across Eastern yeah. Europe, and uh, 
and it's uh, it's it's been great, you know. To to yeah. you know, I mean, social media has its ups and downs, Joel. And uh, you know, one of the great things about social social media is is if you can set aside the crap, and uh, you can get in there and enjoy uh, vicariously. See the, your buddy take to, like uh, take a great journey across the world. Thirty cities in nineteen days or whatever. It yeah, is. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's a good time. It is, sure. it is a great time, and I wish that we could get... Uh, we're going to have to get Andrew on the pod after, uh, after that journey. He's going to have to yeah, tell us all about it. Speaking of a good time, yeah, Jeff, please, go ahead. I know you have things to talk about. But I, 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 I just think this is a good segue. Because um, we're going to get into what's happening politically in this country. I am in D.C., and um, this goes back to our It's a Good Life Babe t-shirt that's the punchline of this whole story so i've been here for like three days and i, I live I'm, I'm staying house sitting dog sitting in a house that's about two and a half miles from the capital right it's in a residential neighborhood that's called mount pleasant right by the smithsonian uh, by the zoo and i've been there i've been there joel yeah you've been there you've been to the house you've been to the zoo um just for our listeners that know Look, when I lived here before, during the Obama years, back when I lived here, you had, like, signs in people's yards that were, like, mostly, every eighth house had, like, a Black Lives Matter sign, right? Right, yes. This was, like, what, four or five, six years ago, whatever, uh, when, when the St. Louis thing went down. And now, every fourth house in this neighborhood has not only Black Lives Matter, has um, signs like love is love, <clears throat> women's rights are human rights, pro-migration. Um, there's uh, signs for senator, senatorial races that aren't happening anywhere near here. You know, like there's a bunch of Beto signs who's running. Oh, of course. Women. Yeah, because they right. want to get rid of cre- creepy Ted Cruz. Right. So th- this this neighborhood is like a protesting, a very progressive liberal protesting neighborhood, you know. Yep. Yep. Who are fired up and they're pissed and they're disappointed and there's a sort of languidness and it's a little depressing, you know, comparative to what I experienced before when I lived here during the Obama years. Right. And right. You can tell the people who work in or around the administration or for House, you know, and, and Senate um, members, they're a little chunkier, you know, they're like a little softer. It's just like a little bit of a different vibe. It's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty weird. Um, the contrast, the really stark contrast, you know, um, between the two. It, it's. I won't say the city is depressed. I mean, I think that it's more like people here are ready to fucking fight. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't know what that means and what the capabilities are for them to fight. If it's just like a message, you know. And you posted something on Facebook today um, about you know the average American. I mean, you can tell me about your post, but it's like it, it, it feels like 
people will so there's too many people in this country that will buy into uh, too much of what Putin and Trump are selling. No, I said that uh, if Trump invited Putin and the Russians to invade the United States to get rid of all the liberals, that uh, 97% of Trump supporters would agree that the United States should be invaded by Russia. Right. And I think you're right. And I don't even, I don't, it's a funny thing because like, in any other context, that's a joke. <laughs> I mean, of course it's a joke, right? And let's invite America's longest running adversary to invade our own country. Okay. Because, because these Republicans think that Russians are more American than their fellow Americans. So, that's so how crazy... That's how crazy their feeble brains have been twisted by this propaganda machine uh, of Fox News and and uh, no, and it's, and, it's and, and these other and these other elements. And, and so, just let me let's get back to that. But but real quick, let me. The punchline of what I said, you just said, is this: I'm walking from this residential neighborhood by the zoo up to the retail restaurant sort of you know it's a mile away or whatever and i'm wearing our podcast t-shirt right now our, we've talked about our podcast t-shirt it's a good life fucking day, great t-shirt it's a great fucking t-shirt it's a great t-shirt folks when we wore it at jazz fest everyone was like so happy to see the t-shirt right at jazz fest Yep. It's a good life, babe. Everyone's stoked. They're like, yes! That's the best message we've ever heard, right? I'm telling you, man, in this current climate, politically, wearing that t-shirt in D.C. proper does not get the same elicited response. Oh, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. It gets like, are you being completely ironical? Which, if you are, you're like Bansky or something. Like, you're cool. Or are you a fucking white dickhead? Oh, and also the people white... are like, why do you have babe? That's what I'm saying. Jeff. What's the babe? That's what I'm saying. And why is it a good life? So I'm in this neighborhood in this town, in this very small, like, northwest D.C. area. It's a very small swath of, of, of geography. And everyone's pissed, and everyone's protesting, and I'm wearing first a shirt that says it's a good life, you know, <laughs> and then I'm saying, babe, on the end. Yeah, yeah, I know. And everyone's looking at me like I'm fucking either an asshole or an artist. Like, again, two out of ten people... Go rock, like, rock, the, the rock the artist, rock the artist. What? What's that? Rock the artist, man. Don't, yeah. Don't be the dick. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Two, two to ten yeah. people thought Just that tell, I was... Just tell them you're an artist. Being ironical and being an artist. Eight out of ten people thought I'm, like, a white dude telling everyone to fuck off. Most, not eight. Like, let's say four. And the rest were confused. You know? <laughs> but the, but you, you've worn a t-shirt yourself. You know that it gets eyeballs. It, for whatever reason, the graphic 
makes people look at it. Sure. And it's it, I kind of felt a little weird, you know? Like, I, I not weird. I just was uh, cognizant of people's confusion or uh, reaction, a uh, very stated reaction to what they were saying, you know? And the babe thing, to your point, I think is a big part of it. Well, I don't care about what people think about babe because uh, it's a babe is gender, gender neutral, as we've discussed many times in the city of New Orleans. That's right. That's and, right. And it has been forever, you know? Doesn't, you know, so, I mean, I don't, you know, I, yeah, I know, I know, I mean, I know for years, you know, that like people from the West Coast and the East Coast have been offended by that, the use of that word down here, you know, and whatever. I mean, I know that gets used misogynistically, uh, but whatever. It's a part of the lexicon in the city of New Orleans, and it does get used on, uh, on all kinds of fronts, all over the, all over the place. Can I tell you where else it has that? Uh, can, I'm, I'm going to put you to the top. What other city do you think uses babe that liberally as New Orleans? I don't think there is one in in, New Orleans, in the states, right? Jacksonville. Jacksonville does. Jacksonville, Florida? Yep. What the fuck? You, are you kidding me? How do you know I'm this? Not. I've spent a good amount of time there. Why? Now, it doesn't go the other way around. Why it's, have you spent a good amount of time in Jacksonville? Because... My family's from North Carolina, and they all bought houses down there, and whatever. So, and, and so I visited for vacations. Such a, such a weird city, man. I've never been there. Such a weird city, and all the waitresses call the dudes baby. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, I mean, look, man, look, I, I, I think that what we need to do on our podcast, even as aging white guys is we need to be the ones at the forefront of <laughs> delivering it as a gender-neutral uh, term of, effect, of affection. Within, of course. Within the lexicon. Yes, thank Gen- you. Gender-neutral, period. Anyone can use it. Yes. Right? No, it's Gen- a great term. What's up, babe? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. and, and that's it. That's it. That's it. doesn't matter, you know, what it is, you know cisgendered white person can use it you know anyone else can use it as well and that's it and look man I understand like the latter part of my life has to be about giving back to humanity because I was born a white guy you know Uh, (laughs) like (laughs) you just broke I get that (laughs) I get that. I totally do. Did I engage I my privilege just now by belching? I, yeah, you did. I did? I have no resentment. Was that white about privilege? It. I have no resentment about it. Look, I just tossed a ball to a 100-pound German Shepherd that I'm asking for. Who Nazi. To me, You're a fucking Nazi. Who responds to me more than he in three days than he does to his owner, who's a Filipina, because I'm a white dude. I mean, it's just true. Like, he just responds to me. You know? Like, I get it. What are you saying, man? The, the dog is racist. And uh, because it's a German dog, it favors white people? I'm, yes. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I guess so. It's basically a Nazi dog. I don't know 
got a Nazi dog. I think it's more of a male thing. We need to send that dog to anti-racism dog school. I think it's more of a male thing than it is a white thing. Oh, you think so? Okay, you I keep kidding. So. You keep telling yourself that. That it's called a German Shepherd. Joel. <laughs> like okay, good segue way to Trump. So Trump goes to Europe and he does two. Look, and I'm gonna let you take it from here. But let me just start with this. Not only does it he antagonizes Germany, but then he he asks them to build up the military. Like it's the absurdity to go to Germany and say you suck. And then also at the same time, build up your military. It's insane. Did you see by any chance the compilation? I agree that that's insane. Of uh, there's like this, you know, viral video churn out thing called Now This, and uh, and they they compiled. I don't watch all their their videos by any means, but. They did compile this thing of Trump's for his how, how shitty his memory is, you know. Even oh, though he bra- he brags about his memory, and they showed him being, you know, being a, a, essentially a feeble old man, you know. Like he gets off the plane and he starts wandering off, like he's yeah, got right, like, like he's got Alzheimer's, you know. He can't remember. He cannot remember where he is, you know, and. Uh, and and so and 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 it just goes on and on, you know. We're like, there's one. It's it's fucking hilarious, man. It's like, it's as hilarious as the new Sacha Baron Cohen stuff, right? Which is a segue, obviously. Yes. But it it's like he's sitting, literally, Joel, literally in front of a person. I'm I'm serious when I say this. Three feet away from a human being who is right in front of him dead at noon in front of his face and right. he's like where is so and so and he looks around to the whole table and it's it's a bunch of people of the most important people and he's like where is so and so where is he and he says it repeatedly and the guy is sitting in front of him Joel in front right. of him and he's like right. and I've said it time and time again I'm like I'm like, look, man, whatever you want to say, I'm telling you that the evidence is all that. I know that he's, the corruption and the scale of it is beyond anything anybody is ever going to be able to possibly fathom if you're a thinking human being. His supporters don't care. They're not going to care about anything. They don't even care if he got caught in bed with a dead underage boy at this point. They don't fucking care. They, they they will support him hook Jeff, line and sinker. Great, that would be a great question there, man. Because I, I like, well, I'm, did you see I'm my having, post today that I put out? I want I want polling. I'm, I'm having trouble with some relatives that support Trump. I and want would, I want the polling questions to ask the most radical things. Thank you. That's, that that's that possibly that they could think of. Like can for we instance, come up with that email? Can we come up with I want I, I'm trying to challenge people out there to come up with the most radical thing that you could think of. That, what, what is what is the low bar for the Trump people? What how low 
can they get is my question. How, how far are they willing to debase themselves as human beings with no shame whatsoever in order well, to support this moron? Yeah, I, think, I, think, I think there's two levels of questions. There's one that's like based on Trump's personal stuff, right? Like, and then there, another is more about policy. You know, it's just a little tougher for them to grasp. So but, I let, I, I let, like, yeah. I have go ahead. relatives that are that, that that are buying lock, stock, and barrel into what they perceive as Trump policy about NATO. You know, and I just want idiot guy's an idiot. It it drives me crazy that a smart person in my family thinks that NATO should be abolished. Then that person isn't smart. I'm sorry. No. I don't know who they are. That person's not smart. They're not smart. They don't understand how the world works. They're naive they're, they're, and stupid. They're just, you know what they are? They're racist. It's all anti yep. That's what it is. That's what it is. It's well. It's not even anti about It's just anti. It's it's that. Look, they all. It's it's a it's a perfect storm of all of these things because, you know, Ob Obama's election was the earliest indicator of you know whatever the brownification of America. You know, if people want to say want to characterize it that way, that's where the United States is going, and nothing can be done about the marching tide of demographic change. Nothing. Sure. Nothing. There is no, there is no d dike or dam or bulwark against, against that change. And it's coming whether old fucking white people want it or not. And, 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 and it's either you can be a baby about it and suck your thumb like a and stomp your feet or you can grow the fuck up about it and that's it that is it period if you want to if you want to suck your fucking thumb and act like a big baby and stomp your feet and not accept that the United States is not going to be some enclave of white supremacy going forward as you reach the twilight of your years on this planet. Right. Then so let's define, let's define growing up, Jeff. And, and this is a segue into the Sasha Baron Cohen um, series, Who is America? Um, is growing up, is it evolving or is it tolerating? And how this is a segue is that in yeah. episode two of the Sasha Baron Cohen episode, was America um, <laughs> they were talking about Muslims and a <laughs> mosque and wait can we contextualize it for the I know everybody's yes. seen it probably at this point but Go, this is like he has a he has a character who's like who's a stereotype of the most liberal kind of character who wears he's, he, from, he's from Bend Oregon by the way he's from Bend Oregon he, he rides a bike with his helmet on and he's got an and he wears he wears the clitoris hat, and he's got he's got he's bald, but he's got a ponytail still, and he's he's got the NPR shirt, and he wears a coat, 
and he goes in these situations and he makes these proposals and he goes to deepest small town, whitest, most conservative Trump supporting Arizona and to the small town. I think it's called Kingston or something like that. And he says, uh, and, he, and he, they have a town hall meeting and he makes a proposal to build the second largest mosque in the world. And he's like, and he starts it off by saying, would you want to have $325 million of economic impact for the town of Kingston? And everybody's all for it and everything. Everybody's all about it. It's going to be a gigantic development. There's going to be a big old thing coming. And he's like, it's this world's second largest mosque. And then everybody immediately is against it. You know, it comes out super racist. And they're just... He's like, it'll be like the Disneyland in America for Muslims all over the world. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part it's such genius man i cannot tell you how much that, how much satisfaction i get out of that because i feel like uh that sasha baron cohen must have some form of mental illness to be able to maintain his maintain his like like uh like like bipolar disorder or something like that to maintain sure. to maintain Probably. that level of composure because i'll be honest with you man that could turn dangerous really quickly man really quickly but you yeah. know he has to travel with security he has to travel with security, I know. But at the same time, that security has to be hidden, Joel, in a way that it doesn't give away the joke. And well, and, they, and, one, and what one, that means is that... Say, one of the guys in the, in the uh, focus group did say, I can see why you asked us to keep our guns in the door. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, my favorite part... My favorite part... Because the writing is so fucking good, and because he's so nonchalant uh, in the way that he delivers the best parts of the writing and the jokes, is when he says uh, the person asks about about terrorism. The guy says, "What about terrorists that might be coming?" He's like, "Well, we thought about that, and we've built and we've taken many safety measures to protect the worshippers." And of course, everybody's head in the room it fucking explodes. Says, we'll burn that place to the ground. The, the, all like, their heads fucking explode when he so says that. Says, we'll and they're burn like, that place to the ground. I know the like, irony. Well, well, don't worry, we've thought of that. The irony. No, he says, he says, well, that's why we built it out of concrete. He says, because we thought concrete. about that. So one guy says, can you keep us safe from the terrorists? He says, yes. You're actually the terrorists. We're keeping you safe from the worshippers. And they're mad at the suggestion that they're the terrorists. And the response to that is, we'll burn it down as terrorists. My, my favorite Fucking, line. that favorite. is, that's comedy brilliance, man. My favorite line, though, that there's some things that aren't written, which only comes from the audience, right? <clears throat> Sorry, I have to tell my dog to stop. No, go ahead, go ahead. Hey, stop. Don't eat that. What is the dog doing? Uh, he's trying. He's eating something. Stop. Um, so my favorite part. Bring it to me. Bring that. Okay, good boy. So my favorite part was so unscripted. When there was someone in the audience is like. The black people are lucky to even be here, right? Yeah. And no, he's, no, he says this. He goes, he goes, he goes, 
from the podium, he says, well, we don't want to be racist. What about? And he says, well, what about the black people that live here? And he says, we tolerate them. But it, but it didn't even quite go down like that. They're lucky to be here because we they tolerate brought, them. They brought the black people up. Like Sasha Baron Cohen didn't even bring it up. He didn't even bring it up. Someone in the audience was like, someone <laughs> in the audience was like, well, the black people are lucky. And, and, and Sasha, just on a dime, didn't skip a beat and said, oh, of course, you're lucky because they are great citizens. And that infuriated them. That infuriated them, right. And yeah. that's why the dude said, no, you're wrong. We just tolerate them. Oh, that's what it was, yeah. I mean, it was flinging so fast and furious that it was crazy. So and then, fast. And then the one time when he goes like, he goes like, are there any Muslims here? Any Muslims? And, then, and one guy had his hand up from before because he wanted to say something racist. And he goes, yes, sir, you're a Muslim? Yes, we love to hear from you. Right? And the guy's like, no, I'm not a Muslim. What are you talking about? And he's like, yes, sir, please, please, if you would, as the Muslim community, please represent and the guy's like, no, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> he, couldn't, he, couldn't, he couldn't believe that anybody would mistake him for a Muslim. It's so fucking incredible. It, it, it is, I mean, literally, man, I, I, I can't say enough about it. It's sheer comic brilliance, man. I mean, I don't even care to get it into it. It really is. I don't care to get into any of the ethical considerations. I hope that uh, they just work that out. On their end, because uh, everybody participates on a certain level knowingly, and uh, all that's happening in essence is that people are given a chance. Look, he's not doing anything different than uh, Triumph the Insult Comedy Dog did with the no, fo- I, I, with the I, I, focus I groups, this, man. Like any ethical question at all. And, the focus groups uh, that Triumph the Insult Comedy Dog look, did were almost exactly the same, dude. Let, let's just look. It's okay, the same I, gag. I have two points to make. One yeah. is that Nathan Fielder is a writer on the show. Who, um, who is that? Uh, he did the Comedy Central show, uh, Nathan is for whatever. He did a very similar show to this, like where he gags people. And <laughs> all the writers on this show, on this, this particular show, are from uh, the Nathan show, including Nathan Fielder, and uh, the Daily Show, right? Okay, okay. And they're just the best fucking writers. And of course, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen is just a genius. And so you're, you're getting like better stuff than you got from him when he was doing the Ali G show, you know? Um, so you're just getting this, this really brilliant, uh, takedown of people. And, and I guess secondly, like the, the fact that they're able to get people to read scripts, you know, is something that I don't know that I've seen before. <laughs> yeah. What is what is the name of the Israeli guy? Ahal Bahat or something like that. It's like yeah, my, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that character. I mean, I'm like, come on, man. You have to be. You literally have to be living in a time warp to not look at that guy's face. And uh, <laughs> well, I think you make a good point. Like, it's this show is a litmus, a litmus test for people's character, right? Of all the 
Let me ask you this. In okay, the first go ahead. Episodes, I'm sorry. I'm who, trying to look something because I had a point that I wanted to make. Who, uh, who, who, who acquitted uh, themselves the best in the first two episodes? I'm sure you'll agree with me. Go ahead. I don't know. I don't want to be able to play guessing. Just tell me. Ted Cop. Oh, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, Ted Koppel's like, I'm done with this. And he was polite, you know? Yeah. He said, I don't mean this to be disrespectful, but this is a waste of my time, you know? Yep, I yep. mean, And that's that's what I love about the show, is they're not just duping dumbasses. They're bringing smart people on, too, so that they can show to the world that there's a difference between dumb people and smart people. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Smart people will listen to this fucking shit and say, you know, I'm not into this. Well, I mean, obviously the redneck character who is like a uh, fake news conspiracy theorist, redneck guy is totally ridiculous and he shows the the, the Obama inauguration and then he's like, it, it had dummies. They were dummies, exactly. you can see. And he's like... I exactly. yeah, this is a waste of time. I'll see you later, Boom. And he, and but I, but I but I know Jeff. But what I'm saying is that like that's so ridiculous. But if he would have shown that to, you know, a Republican senator, they probably would have bought him. I know, I know that that just shows you how uh, fake and ridiculous false equivalencies are. And exactly. so every time somebody's like. Both sides are alike, and it's like, no, one side is smarter than the other side. And that's what this show is definitely demonstrating. I mean, clearly. Sure. I mean, even Bernie Sanders, you know, for all his fucking bluster, of course he gets on there, and he, like, he just immediately starts doing his broken record fucking routine, which is what he does every time he makes an appearance. The guy can't say anything extemporaneously at all. He just keeps saying the same words over and over again like a fucking broken record man i want to kick him in the face it makes me so angry but he he even was able to extract himself out of his own asshole for a minute and be able to realize that this is this person that he's sitting in front of is totally ridiculous as a human being i mean at, at least it tells me that like bernie sanders is like present enough to like not just completely like repeat himself over and over again every interview that he's in for crying out loud no, i totally agree i mean i think bernie i don't think bernie's the problem i think the bernie burner's the problem yeah bernie's part of the problem too and that's but i but i but i think that's a good segue as well as like we're going into the midterms well look man yeah you made it you made a good point on that yes. post, did you read my post response yeah. to you? Yes, yes. You made a very good point that the burners are more interested in it's pathetic. pushing the agenda more to the left than they are about stopping the fascists. Ima- imagine living in the run-up to uh, Hitler and uh, you're arguing with people about uh, the way that the opposition to Hitler should respond. Right, exactly, exactly. Imagine no, that. You just have to squash them. Imagine, imagine having arguments with people, and you have these fucking jackass. They're mostly white men, um, sitting there, trying to argue with you about the importance of uh, reform on the left, and that it's more important than stopping fascism. 
Like that's not even like the cliff. The difference is like jumping off a cliff while slitting your own throat, while taking a cyanide pill, while cutting your own genitals off at the same fucking time. If you can imagine all of that shit happening simultaneously versus, uh, versus I don't know what, like uh, going to the best spa in America and having the best massage in the world. You know, I mean, literally, that's the fucking difference. Like, you're sitting there trying to fucking lecture about, like, corporate America and, you know, the big money that's in the Democratic Party. And it's like all this fucking shit that everybody knows about, Joel. We all fucking know that American politics is rife with fucking corruption. Only a baby wouldn't fucking know that. So stop talking like a goddamn baby for crying out loud. And grow up about the situation it's because like, we're faced uh, with a, an emergency situation where we have to get rid of the world's most corrupt leader and we have, to, we have to depose this fucking guy because we have the rise of fascism in the United States, the most powerful country in the world. And I'll tell you what the difference is. Germany was not the most powerful country in the world when Hitler fucking came to power. Germany did not have fucking 25,000 nuclear weapons when when Germany came to power. Okay? And the, and that's a fucking huge difference. And the fact that these children are, who are who are flirting with this disastrous idea of doing anything but prioritizing uh, the idea of defeating fascism as the utmost priority um, at this juncture in history uh, diminishes my faith in humanity massively. Well, there's there's a narrative. Look, there's a narrative in the African American activist community that is like the Berniers, which is to say, there's a narrative that the Democrats are as bad as Republicans, you know, and that's I. Look, I'm sympathetic and empathetic, and I get it. I think, because I'm you know, like intellectually and emotionally. I think I understand where young black people are coming from. But man, if you can't understand the difference between these two parties right now, I mean, it's like a civilization breaker. <laughs> I. It's amazing to me that people are still having the argument. I, I just can't even believe it, to be honest with you. I mean, you're talking about the difference between like people hunting you down in the street, man. I mean, like just the fact that I could put out a post like that today and people could read it and say, he's probably right about the fact that Republicans would be in favor of Russians invading the United States, and they probably and they, they as, as, as long as the as long as the as long as the liberals are slaughtered, they right. we would we would favor the Russians invading the United States. I mean, think about that. That's well, a, and that's part of the like little pop quiz. We have to we have to call it a pop quiz. Yeah, I know. I mean, my my thing is like it's like hashtag think of the worst thing. So like, you know what, man? think we of do this, think dude. of I the can... worst thing for a poll 
that a pollster could ask a Trump supporter. Just try to think of the worst thing. What is the straw that breaks the camel's back in terms of morality for Trump supporters? What is it? What is it? Would you, oh, if your next door neighbor was a liberal, if, if your, would you, if your next door neighbor was a liberal, would you be in favor of burning their children at the stake? Wait, okay, wait. First of all, what, what, what we should call this uh, pop quiz? I don't know. Like, what's the lowest you can go or something like that? Hashtag. You know? I mean, I mean, we'll have to come up some, with something cleverer than that, yeah. you know. But I mean, but but that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about, Joel. Like, what, what is the fucking lowest thing? And I can tell you, man, there's there's not. It's a cavern because we are actually, in fact, dealing right now with people who are of the same Nazi mindset. If they could round us up and cordon us off and get rid of us, they would try to do it. You know, sure. that's that's what Trump represents to them, the beginning of that effort, you know, and they want to pretend that that's not the way, no, but, but it is. But it is. And 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 here's the thing. Um, and I don't hear a lot of conversation about this, and I was pondering this a little bit earlier. OK. The thing that made Hitler Hitler was that he was able to commandeer the institutions and their loyalty on the way up in the ascension and the rise to power. You, you see what I'm saying? So like, yeah. like, in other words, the difference here is this, is that the way that real despots come to power is that they have to be able to control the men with guns. And the one thing that is keeping us from being in that situation is that people in the American military, uh, in the upper echelons of the American military, have a duty to the civilian population of the United States. And that duty is inculcated in them as a moral duty to this country from an early age. And I know that there's probably a lot of people who will think that that's <laughs> a simplistic analysis of things. But I'm telling you that like, the way that real strongmen get to be actual dictators is by running roughshod over institutions by being able to depose them because men with guns come and remove them. And that's the way that it happens. And until we start seeing that, or some indication that there's uh, that loyalties in the military, um, I mean, are in, in, in many ways a portion of our police departments service that function already in a de facto way, not in, a, not in an organized capacity, but just through racial prejudice and bias. They, they already perform those functions. In, in the United States um, for the state. Uh, but in the larger sense, you know, if you really were to run over this country, you would use the military in order to do it if you wanted to like conquer all the dissent in the United States because that, 
that would be the easiest way to accomplish it. And, and that would require competence, Joel, on some level. And, and the problem is, is that, is that <laughs> when you see people like Kelly and you see people like our national security intelligence guy, I forgot his name off the top of my head. Uh, Dan, Dean Kane. Oh, Coates, Coates, Dan Coates, where he's like at this interview and it, and the news, the tweet comes through, and he just laughs, and then everybody in the administration is mad at him. I'm I'm telling everyone out there something that that guy's laughter should make you feel good. Um, I agree. I agree. I, I mean, I mean that that's that's despite yeah. the fact that that guy's a fucking super conservative. And whatever his uh, crazy way worldview might be, as well, the fact that he's mocking the president because he realizes the president is an incompetent buffoon means that the president has no ability to move the levers of power toward no, no, no. I agree. I toward think, despotism um, I think, in the way that most people are describing Trump. Jeff, I mean, I think what's happened in the last ninety-six hours is that. Um, Trump has become uh, head of the state. I mean, uh, like a queen, you know. And oh, a figurehead, a figurehead. Sorry, yeah, figure of state, not a head yeah, of the yeah, state. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. What's happened is that so many people called upon his chief advisors to resign based on what went down in the last week, and apparently, how it's coming to fruition is that. Um, all these people are just dismissing him yeah yeah they just laugh at him openly now they're just laughing openly and someone smarter than me like compared it to the movie Office Space you know where you're like that dude in the cubicle who knows what's going on and you're just waiting to be fired well I'll tell you what the danger in that is to me is this yeah is that um, an egomaniac resents sure. nothing more in life than being rendered irrelevant, and sure. and absolutely nothing represents irrelevancy more than the people who are around them mocking them, and, and which is happening right which now. Is happening yeah. right now. And and the problem is this: is that the only thing that keeps him from pressing the button. When you look at that outrageous text that he sent in all caps last night, that's that's the mind of an unhinged, deranged madman. But Jeff, and, and he has the ability to launch nuclear there, weapons. There's and that, no way he could do it. I mean, I hope that that I know that people say that. I know that people say that, but dude, it doesn't. It just doesn't make me feel any better because I I've had the unfortunate circumstance in my life of working with no less than like six people who suffer from that mental fucking derangement and they all sure. behave the same way. It's stunning how similar it is. Like the inability to spell correctly, um, the super fucking insecurities, the overbaked machismo bullshit, um, you know, the, Dude, can I, can I mean, I, on I, and on. You gotta just interject a little bit of humor. When he was reading from uh, uh, the other day, he was reading from. He hates reading from things that are prepared for him. He's like a hostage when he when 
he's like that. Oh, yeah, like, I know. He's like a hostage. You're right. He, he reads he, it like a dejected child in totally, second grade. And, 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 and he, there was the word uh, 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 repel um, that was written for him, and he said, he, he said repeal. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He, said, he, he was like, well, we will repeal any efforts from the Russians to further... <laughs> I know, but did, did you see also, but I'm not surprised, Joel, I've forwarded this before and I'll say it again, and I don't mean to say it, it's, all, it's a purely objective analytical observation. It's not meant to, dis, to dismiss any of the obvious faults of the president that he's chosen to engage in his own personality. He's he has largely chosen to be the person that he is now, and and he's sure. he's indulged himself to the point that he has these mental derangements, but totally. but but as a baseline factor for his overcompensation is what I think is that he has a learning disability, and it's just been shown over and over again. Like it's been speculated that the president is really not capable of reading. If you look at some of the things that he reads, I think that they might even be spelled out phonetically for him so that he can actually read them off of the teleprompter. And I think, I think that that's going to come out afterward, that they have that any word that is complex beyond two syllables had to be like broken apart and spelled out phonetically. And that's why when he reads things, he has it with this cadence where he's like, huh, huh, huh. And then the fucked up thing about it is, is that he hates the teleprompters because the people who are operating the teleprompters, and this is me speaking as a media professional, so if anybody wants to chime in, I can tell you the person who's going to have the most expertise on this is going to be me because I've dealt with it. All right, And I'm telling you that like when somebody has a problem with that, it's very difficult for the person operating the teleprompter because you only have this specific rectangle to work in and the words on it are very large already so that people can see and read them clearly and legibly and you have to time it based on how the person's cadence is and so you have this scroll feature and you're scrolling through it and then you have somebody who's just stumbling and bumbling and they're not really they don't have a rhythm about the way that they're saying things because He's dyslexic, and he can't read certain words. And so things have to be spelled out phonetically for him in order for those things to be said functionally for him. Now, and, 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 and then what happens is this, is that he becomes frustrated with the teleprompter thing in the same way that he becomes frustrated with audio engineers, which we've shown again and again and again during the campaign that Trump has this hang up about audio engineers because he's like, anytime anything verbal is registered as a mistake, it has to be blamed on someone else. That's part of the egomania and the overcompensation. This is me just being a layman psychiatrist here, but, but that to me in my experience dealing with other people who have the same mental deficiency, is exactly how it works all the time. All the people that I've dealt with, man, have had the same fucking fundamental problems, man. This problem with spelling, a problem with memory, with uh, short-term and some long-term memory as well, 
um, and, and, and difficulties with reading, they all seem to intermesh. They all seem to go hand in hand. And I don't think that... And there's a big overcompensation. That comes and there's a massive overcompensation because the only way to overcome and to mask these deficiencies which make you seem less intelligent rather than going and getting the treatment and the, and the reassurance that you deserve in life, um, sure. that he grew up in an era when people looked upon those things as mental deficiencies, as though that individual is slow. And so the way that people dealt with that a lot of times was to develop these personality defects, which is to become but domineering, um, to develop this bullying tendency so that any mistake that they encounter, they can bully their way through it such that nobody will be willing to challenge them in turn. And don't forget about the fact that he grew up rich. You know, but he so was like, also a, a racist and nationalist, kind of from the get-go. Oh, his dad was in the KKK. I mean, or they say that maybe he was, you know. I mean, there, right. there, there's some pictures out there that are fake. His dad was certainly a racist. Um, sure. But, and he is too, obviously. He carries that with him, you know. But but you add that to the fact, too, that he went to this, uh, he, his pastor when he was young was this evangelical preacher who preached everything that Trump believes in, man. I mean, it is, un I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but, he was super popular back then, and he preached this, like, you know, like, being rich is okay, self-empowerment, fucking... He was, like, the original, the OG self-help fucking dude, you know? And, and Trump bought in hook, line, and sinker. And when you hear the way that he speaks, the words that he uses, he uses incredible and amazing and astounding and, tremendous. you know, and tremendous, blah, blah, blah. If you listen to that guy's sermons from back in the day, all the same adjectives... Are in that guy's sermons, man. He took Dude, he took like, his shit like verbatim from from those sermons. Yeah, but here's the thing, man. What 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 concerns me more about everything? I agree with you completely. I think we all understand. A lot of us understand that Trump is. Uh, Those people are brainwashed by uh, the fucking, you know, there's been 30 years of uh, nothing but absolute propaganda from Rush Limbaugh, from uh, Fox News, from uh, all the different radio talk show hosts that are out there, Sean Hannity, and then all the way up to Breitbart and Stormfront and all the other different things. They, they just simply, they don't listen to any other forms of media. Those, those uh, avenues have them on lockdown. And uh, and they're lost human beings, man. They're they're essentially like the mole people in the fucking, you know, journey to the center of the earth, man. Or, sure. You know, yeah, I think they're done. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they don't. And their souls have been uh, 
repossessed by I don't know Satan or fucking whatever the bad atoms of the universe. I mean, there, I, there, there isn't any. Uh, <laughs> there, 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 there's no indication. Again, I mean, that's that's where the the that's where the the poll comes from, Joel. About asking people like, where, what are their moral boundaries, and there there aren't any. You know, I mean, the the simple answer is this, and it's a tragic one, is is that uh, any amount of slaughter that meant that it would got rid of people that they didn't uh, approve of um, is okay with them, as long as Trump says that it's okay. Sure. And that and that's where we are. And the only thing holding us back from that reality is the fact that uh, our institutions are holding right now, especially our military. You know, because and that is because essentially different than many other countries in the world is that we don't allow people in the military to be above the civilians. We don't allow the people with guns to be the ones who give the instructions in society. Sure. We just don't. And we inculcate that idea in our in the people that join the military. We do. And and that is the one th that is the thing that nobody's really talking about that is keeping us. I'm not saying that there aren't I'm sure that there are some like I mean look, man, you had What's his name? The criminal that's going to go to jail, uh, who was a general uh, early on, right? The national security advisor, the first one, who lasted a month. Um, he's going to go to jail. You know, I mean, there's clearly there are people that the whole thing of him surrounding himself with military people, or in the early part of his administration, after the first wave of civilian people got, especially after Reince Priebus got fired. He stocked everything with these military people was because they were making a move to try and get people in them to deinstitutionalize the military thinking that the military serves the civilian population first and only in the United States and instead of the other way around, which is that the military services Donald Trump and his whims first. That's what they wanted to do, Joel. Believe me. Sure. I'm telling you, and that's that was the fucking Stephen Miller fucking plan and every day that fucking egg-headed fucking receding hairline goddamn f wacko forehead Never got laid. motherfucker no getting laid uh, uh sweaty palm fucking tiny tiny sweaty forehead beady-eyed beady fucking thin-fingered little twit fuck is sitting there stewing in his juices every day Wondering why his fucking Nazi master plan uh, hasn't taken hold yet, because essentially all of the obstacles to the ideological uh, front that comes from Stephen Miller have been removed from the early days. Like, name another person who's other than Kellyanne Conway, who's a nobody in in this administration. Name another person who's been around as long. Is there a single person that you can think of who hasn't been fucking fired? No. He's the only one. Kellyanne Conway and Stephen Miller are the only people that I can think of in any positions of prominence that are still left from that, from that time. And that's why you see his... Uh, they've all universally agreed that Stephen Miller can't be 
in front of anybody and can't speak, right? Because he's, he's so awful that uh, nobody will allow Trump's Goebbels to, uh, to be in front of other human beings because he's so pathetic. Um, and he failed so miserably on the two occasions that they rolled him out. Like, right, a, like, a, like a, he did, they did it twice, and he was like a demonic specter from some fucking like Transylvanian hellhole. And it was, it was. He really was. Uh, that's what he is. That's what he looks like to people. I mean, you expect him to have blood dripping off of his fangs and to like burst out of his fucking chair, turn into a bat, and suck the fucking blood out of the interviewer in front of him, man, and turn them into a fucking like vampire Nazi for crying out loud because he looks like that. I, I agree, but moving forward, yeah, let's like move for forward. Pres, pres, presidential campaigns, let's say Stephen Miller was running or whatever, or Ted Cruz. Are two good examples. Interview make make. Let's have like a reality television segment, right? Where you interview people that these people went to college with, because or high school, because every person who went to high school or college with Stephen Miller <laughs> or Ted Cruz <laughs> will tell you stories that will make your fucking blood like curdle. You know? But the, but it won't like, make the blood curdle of the Trump supporters, like you said. You know? No, I, yeah. Because well, okay. they don't care. They don't care. Look, okay, so you, you, okay, so you mentioned the military. I'll say this. I think in terms of Trump, I think and I hope that the intelligence community will prevail. I just do. You know, I, I just don't think that I, I think there'll, there'll come a point where public opinion can't ignore what comes out from the intelligence community and the DOJ. I think the only way that Trump's presidency in the mind of his own people, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I think, I think the thing is, is that the focus on the institutions that people are focusing on are, yeah. I think that that's incorrect. I think that, like, uh, you know, whatever happens to the FCC or the this and that or the State Department, and the, I mean, I, I know that people are saying that it's going to take generations to repair this. That's not true. What's going? I mean, it'll take two years. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, yeah. you know, we have smart, capable people that will rise it'll to. Take, it'll take at least two. Years. It'll take at least two years, but I mean, in the in the greater scheme of things, I do think that there's a lot of hyperbole about the repair. Those aren't the institutions that we need to be worried about, and I'm, it saddens me that our media is not more focused on that. But our media is uh, is pathetic, you know, in a lot of ways because it's not the important thing. The important thing is the people who have guns and whether or not those people are motivated to follow the orders of uh, a despotic leader and to circumvent the Constitution as it's written because there's people who are willing to commit a coup against the United States of America. And there's no indication whatsoever that any of that exists, even on the nascent level. And I'm even saying that there were early indicators that they were going to try that route 
because they imported so many people from the military into positions that previously were not occupied by people in the military. And let me tell you, frankly, those people have been relatively incompetent in those positions because I think most of them would tell you that they did it out of a sense of duty, but I don't excuse them for servicing a Trump administration because that's essentially traitorous at this point. Um, sure. But at the same time, um, I do think that they tried to be in those positions because they thought that they could right some of the wrongs that they thought were happening. But here's the thing, they're kidding themselves because just like you and me and everybody else in life, um, because we're essentially somewhat relatively normal, that, that people who are true egomanias and have malignant narcissism and are sociopaths are much more rare than they are common, that most of us don't have experience dealing with those kinds of human beings. So we don't, we don't, yeah. we don't understand about the immobility of their personalities, that, that those people cannot be convinced or changed, and that the only people who can and do gravitate into the circumference of those people as influencers are people who are like-minded and who recognize that that person displays the same symptoms that they themselves have as well. And that is Stephen Miller. And that is Kelly Ann Conway. These are people who have no conscience whatsoever. They don't care and wouldn't care if a human being was executed right in front of them. They would have no qualms with that. They'd go home, they'd sleep well at night, they'd fuck, they'd drink champagne, they'd eat fucking goddamn, you know, the world's most expensive food and gorge themselves on it and have a Caligula-style orgy if they could, um, you know, in the presence of all this death and destruction because they're just that... They're just the only thing holding them back is is this idea that if they went that far, that our legal structure would punish them for it, and that's our institutions. And it's clear that they tried to usurp that at a certain point. And people like Kelly and uh, I'm sorry, I always forget his name, the National Security Advisor. That's because yeah, Dan Coates, because they changed so rapidly. Because um, apparently. Totally. He's on the hot seat for laughing at Trump. And so it's, and, 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 you know, he's on the hot seat because he's like one of those dudes like, fire me if you want to. Well, he doesn't care. I mean, look how old he is. He's like 75 he or whatever. He doesn't give a fuck. He's like, look at this fucking orange Cheeto. And, and, he's an and idiot. Look, I mean, I, was, I listened to a podcast with a foreign aid, uh, foreign policy specialist uh, the other day. And she was like... The mood in the White House a year ago was like, at least there's some smart people here. The mood today is, maybe we should all bail. Maybe, we, yeah. That's right. And you know what? You know might, what? Because that might be the best thing for the country. Look, man, I'm, I'm going to toot my own horn here, man, but I tried to tell people that a year ago, you know, and it's like, uh, you know, not trying to say like like let's Dan be right. Dan being one of them. I know, so and they're... and Kelly as well. You know, yeah. where like so people were, people all, like they're all basically saying we're not gonna bail, but we're gonna fucking talk shit till you fire me. I told, I told people then I was like, and it's it's just Joel, based on my experience with people who have the same mental deficiency, man. And I'm like, I'm like, you have to understand that you cannot tell these 
people anything. You can't legislate anything to them. You cannot. The only way that you can, that you can manipulate a person like that is if you are a stunning manipulator yourself and that you're willing to go into the gutter so fucking far that you will debase your soul so dramatically that you will transform yourself into a different moral individual than you ever have been in your life or you ever envisioned yourself to be. And, and that is because you have to lie to that person daily in order to manipulate them. Because right. what you have to do is you have to present the idea that every idea that the president comes up with is in fact his own idea. And that means that you have to like take a, you have to sponge bath the president's asshole all day long. And imagine you're a general. What's an anathema to like a field general sure. in the military? It's like sponge bathing somebody's ass. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. not part of the job. The job is like order making bringing order out of chaos and you know and and completing the mission and doing so with discipline and force. And you know, and that's not what is happening here. What the only person who knows how to really motivate Trump and to and 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 can put policy words into his mouth is Stephen Miller at this point. Right. He's the only one. And that's why I said even a while back I was like we should start who's calling a, who's, who's a nerd who probably sexually assaults people and never Oh, I'm I'm sure he's a rapist. Um I if you I would just say this that the best thing anybody can do to get somebody out of that administration who's dangerous is to just glorify them because that's the thing sure. that Trump hates. And that was the irony, you know, I was trying to be comical. I was trying to be comical a little bit in the post that I made today, which I was saying that Trump would invite, you know, Russia to invade the United States or, or, or Trump would invite, uh, in a previous post I was like, Trump could invite Putin on the campaign trail for the next campaign and and the Republicans would love it. The base would go crazy and they'd love it, but what would happen is that Putin would become more popular than Trump, which would mean that Putin would have to be gotten rid of. Uh, yeah, or because because I mean, nobody can be more popular than Trump. And nobody <laughs> and no idea, no idea can come from anyone other than Trump. Those are two things that you have to understand about people who have this mental derangement that but he think, has. But, okay, but think again. I keep I understand the Trump derangement, but I keep getting back to the 35 and 42% of people who are so blindly into him. And that's what concerns me more than Trump. Because yeah, Trump I know. could go I know. and those people still exist. I know. And we have to deal with that. We just have to live with the I fact think, that, I like... Think, I think those people want to... And look, I'm going to say this. I think my stepfather, like, wants to eradicate liberals. I, that's what I'm saying, Joe. Like I, know, I know that that's true. 
I think they just want to get rid of us. <laughs> I know that. I know that that's true. What they want is they want the eradication of liberals. That baby boomer generation wants liberals to be eradicated before they die. Before right. before they, just, they, just want to be before they become irrelevant. They want it. That's right. They want liberals to be eradicated. I think I think I think And that, that was that was my point in my post, man, is that like they would rather Republicans at this point, the Republican Party would rather would rather give the United States whole, wholly and completely in conquest to Russia in the name of getting rid of people like us rather than rather than be Americans. Agreed. They would. And they would depose Trump and put Putin in power in the United States I in order to make that happen. I, I could This is a hot take and I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I mean, I just I don't know what other conclusion you can come to, man, cuz I can yeah. I can guarantee you that if you did that poll that you're going to get high results, man. Yeah. You, you just are. There and that's why I'm saying like let's have a poll that really reflects what these fucking piece of shits like if we really want to win See, all these Bernie Sanders people and everything, I don't, fuck off. All y'all just fuck off. I don't give a shit about what you think anymore. Here's how you win. You win by doing this poll because people in the middle will not stand for this. Because there are patriotic, center-minded people who will be like, there's no fucking way that I'm allowing Russia to invade the United States. And if you conducted a bunch of polls that had these shocking results then every Democratic candidate in the country would be able to lean on those polls and be able to say that and say, and say the Republicans want a foreign country to come and invade the United States. You know? Exactly. And you could use that on the campaign trail. It could, be, it could really be like a three-question poll. It's like three questions, man. Do you want this? Do you want this? Do you want this? And it's yeah. like, it's you like. Say, well, here's the thing: you ask the same question in three different ways. In three different or ways, five. right, right. And that's all you have to do. And 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 you know, and you and you could Sasha Baron Cohen, some of these guys, and like catch the candidates themselves totally. taking the poll, and then totally. you could feed that information to the Democratic <laughs> candidate, and totally. they could be like, he said in the fucking thing that he wants Putin to come invade the United States. <laughs> For crying out loud. You can't call him a patriot. He's a Russian. You know what I mean? And then yeah. and then people in the middle would be like, it's just fucking crazy. This guy seems more like like a sane human being and not a nut job who's like pulling his pant pants down and chasing somebody around to turn them gay. You know, which is what happened on the Alright, the dog's going crazy. Okay, look, we're going long. It's ten after ten. We should, we're going to wrap this up, man. Yeah, but look, man, the German Shepherd is spoken. And, uh, That's he right. Like he doesn't like Putin. Yeah. yeah. What, uh, what, what proper German would? Exactly. And again, I just love the fact that our current president goes to Germany this last week, scolds them, and then asks them to build up the military. It's just the most asinine thing ever. Like an eighth grader who's read any world history would just shake their head. Oh, uh, the Germans are owned uh, by the Russians. And then, and then he goes to the Russian summit and he's like, oh, Vladimir Putin. Oh, 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 oh. And he's just fucking blowing just Putin. He's, he's just, just fucking blowing Putin, Look, Putin in front of Putin. I'm so upset because my mom. My Vladimir Putin. Is, 
my mother who's been on the podcast is so upset because she lives in a neighborhood full of conservatives including her husband and I, here was my advice to her I was like don't bring the, any of this up just stop talking about it to all these people know that Rock Mueller is about to bring down the goods and it may not happen in a week it may not happen in a month but I, I think it's going to happen between now and November I really do oh I agree I, with that I totally and I agree. Think between now and November, everything's going to come to play. God, Joel, I don't know if you saw this or not, but I'm sure you have, and I know that we got to wrap it up. But look, yeah. it's like these outlets on the left, man, have like so failed. Uh, like New York you know, Times, specifically. Uh, well, no, 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 no. I'm talking about your Bernier type outlets, oh, right. man. The yeah. Super Bernie outlets, the Intercept, Nation, Nation, which I formerly respected. Um, and then also uh, uh, the Young Turks, right? With all this shit going down, with this mountain of fucking evidence that was presented in very specific and incredibly convincing detail in that 12-count indictment, uh, the Young Turks Turks didn't run a single thing about uh, Russian interference because they don't want to believe the narrative because it undercuts the the whole... It undercuts the Bernie legitimacy to believe in the Russia narrative. That's what they think. That the Russians influenced all the look. Yes, the they don't. They the they they want to say this. This is their narrative. Yeah. Seriously, their yeah. narrative is this: is that we are super fucking smart. We are the smartest of the smart of the left wingers and the other left wingers who are whoever they are for whatever reason. We don't respect them. They're corporate lefties. Everyone else other than us are corporate lefties, and we're super fucking smart. And nobody could possibly influence us like that. Uh, because we're super fucking smart people. Jeff, who's who's written the story that the Russian meddling, quote unquote, the, the reason that it worked was because of the Bernie supporters. Has anyone written that story? Oh yeah, They're, absolutely, absolutely. Look, it. I mean, <laughs> that's been illuminated time after time. Like, in, in the hard evidence of how they carried out their propaganda, their agitprop campaign, uh, it is clear that they targeted people who were uh, disaffected, quote-unquote, white males primarily, who were inclined to vote for Bernie Sanders or to stay at home or who were inclined to vote for Sanders or Trump. It was essentially two categories of people um, and that's who they went after in the ads and who it is that they targeted and what they wanted to stoke. And it was all about diminishing the amount of people who would turn out to the polls for Hillary Clinton on the left. Period. That's it. That's why. Yeah, I'm just saying that, like, as all these stories are arising, now, I mean, you're not hearing that direct connection. You know, you're hearing Russian. <laughs> yeah, well, it, well, attack. well. Well, I mean, and again, like, like to, to. But you're not, you're not hearing that third step of. No, that. you're not, because it was, it was, it was admittedly a smaller part of the campaign. The larger part of the campaign was to like stoke the Trump supporters to be energized to get sure. out there and vote, right? And sure. also to, but mostly just to diminish Hillary Clinton in the eyes of anybody who might be, sure. you know. So you have a glut of also centrist people sure. who are independents who might go right, who might go left who just said, who threw up their hands. And then once you had the Comey thing at the end, that's what put it over the fucking top. 
it took all of that stuff together to make it happen in a kind of perfect storm. But of course, the Berniers will never admit that because they're like, they're most of them, not not all of them. I mean, admittedly, there are people who feel bad about you know how they threw away their vote or didn't vote or whatever. I, would I mean, love there to are. Get one of those oh, I know that there are. They so. exist. They. I would like to as well. You know, but but I just had another round and around. You know, with of course, it's white men. You know, who are like just totally intransigent and 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 I mean, look, and and they want they don't even believe that you're like that you could possibly even be to the left of them, except that your pragmatism doesn't allow you to uh, prioritize the victory of fascists over even corporate Democrats who aren't fascists. You know, like, because, yes, the lesser of two evils is lesser evil, which is better than more evil, you know? So, I mean, like, like I, 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 I sympathize greatly, but at the same time, you know, you have to be focused on winning first, because if you don't win, you lose everything. And that's the point that they just refuse to fucking get. They will not engage intellectually on that front at all. And in that sense, they are as bad in every way as fucking Trump supporters. And those people out there know who they are. They fucking absolutely know who they are. And one victory in a left-leaning fucking... It's not even a victory because the election isn't even over yet. By the way, if you understood how our electoral system fucking works, you morons, it's a primary, okay? That, that woman won a primary, for Christ's sake, and they're treating it like it's a massive victory for the country, and these innumerable articles have come out where people are like saying there's a democratic fucking wave of revolution. I'm like, I don't doubt that there's going to be a push for a generally leftward swing of people who are in the Democratic Party and or leftist independents or Green well, yeah, Party yeah, people. I ran for political office. I mean, I'm, I'm for like, it as that, well. That, that, was, that was a reaction to... I know. I know, but I'm also like, I'm not so stupid that I don't understand how politics work in, exactly. a, dis- in a district like where Connor Lamb won. So, like, if you want to say that Ocasio was somebody who, uh, uh, you know, and it was a stunning victory that she she displaced somebody who actually is still on the ticket. Um, uh, She, she quote, unquote, displaced somebody who was so powerful. And I agree. Like, New York politics is somewhat staid, and, you know, it's a difficult thing. But when you consider the atmosphere... When you consider that it's New York City, when you consider that it's the right hand of the left coast, of the left coasts in the United States, you know, it's not that surprising. What's far more surprising... I think to your point, if the Bernie brothers and sisters, the Bernie burners, are seeing this as their victory, then they're not, what's the phrase, they're not seeing the the no, they're not, because it's far more significant that Connor Lamb, a very centrist, pro-gun Democrat, won, who, who look, I mean, on 85% of the issues, he's going to caucus with the fucking Democrats, man. Right. And he's going to vote with the Democrats. So you don't want that? Right. You don't want that? Well, you know, then you're a cocksucker, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, you just, you're an asshole. You know, you don't get how it works. 
that district that he won, Joel, was won by 20 points by Trump. And he won it a, less, a little over a year later as a Democrat. That's how many people, including former Bernie Sanders supporters who have buyer's remorse, went for Connor Lamb in order to get rid of that fuck, whoever that Republican was. Because that's, so, so to me, they want to say that all the energy in this campaign is about reforming the left. Bullshit. The energy in this, it takes far more energy to win as a Democrat in a Repu heavily Republican district where no Democrat has won in 30 years than it does to displace even with in a primary, even if it's a fucking uh, establishment Democrat uh, who's like fourth in charge or whatever, it takes a lot more energy for Connor Lamb to win that district than it does for Ocasio to win in, in, in New York City, man. I don't care what anybody says. If you think that that analysis is wrong, you're wrong. That's, that's the way that I see it because I know that that's true, okay? And if you're ignoring all of these swing districts that have the potential for Democrats to win, then you're not concentrated on the big victory of defeating fascism. And if you're not on that bandwagon, if we're not talking deeply in an analytical sense about how to win and defeat this fucking fascist regime, then I don't fucking give a shit about you. Because New York City and San Fran and, and Cali and whether or not there's going to be people who are way more to the left that come out of those areas of the country, I know that that's going to fucking happen. There's nothing surprising about that. Why would that be surprising? You know? Right. What we need is the middle of the country to come out and fucking vote and depose this fucking regime and get yeah, rid of them. Uh, yeah, and you can go to, <laughs> by the way, you can go to swingleft.org. Good. To, go there. To see those uh, races really matter. And if you want to give some money, if you want to make a difference, swingleft.org. That's where you want to go. That's where you want to go, folks. So donate. You know what? Look, I've, I've, I've said it like I'm trying to get off the fucking Bernie bashing bandwagon. God, we're going on a buck 30, man. This is a long <laughs> podcast, man, for crying out loud. Um, I'm telling you, I'm off. I'm off the Bernie bashing bandwagon a little bit. I know. I'm, I mean, it seems like I'm bashing them here, but I don't think that I'm bashing them. What I'm I'm trying to be realistic about this whole thing. I don't give a shit if they believe that I'm to the left of them. I am to the left of them. I am. Most of those people don't believe in the things that I believe. You know? I'm, I, I'm much to the left of most people that I am. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the fucking Bernie Sanders people that I know are like people who would call the police on black people. You know? That's true. So, That's so true. like, so go fuck yourself. You know? I mean, you want, you want to say, you want to think that you're the fucking standard bearer for what it means uh, to be left, I, you know. Yeah, I'm a Hillary Clinton you, supporter. You can kiss my I'm ass. I'm way more progressive than you. I'm, I'm, I'm way more. I, I, I swear to God, man, you have no idea how left I, I, I want to go I'm, with stuff. Exactly. How left? How exactly? I, I do. I do. But I know. But I'm smart enough to know that you have to win first. You know. Right. And you cannot be analytically uh, impotent in in understanding how victories are achieved in this country right. right now and that is because not everyone thinks about the way that you do yeah. and 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 
and you know you have to understand you, how to win elections you have to understand how to win elections and if you don't understand that people don't think like you do your head is fucking lodged in your That's ass right. period right. your head's you just lodged your in your ass supporters. You can't divide. I mean, that's God damn it. I, I, you know, it is. It's seriously fucking frustrating. But but at the yeah. same time, Joel, I, I just want to say this: don't take faith in fucking Ocasio, Garcia, whatever. I, I forget her, the other part of her last name. Whatever, <laughs> Cortez. It's not. It's not her that's important. It's the Connor Lamb thing that is really indicative sure. of trends. If you really want to look at something that's important, look at that. Ocasio-Cortez, that's, man, look, that's New York City, dude. <laughs> you know, most people can't relate to New York City. It's, right. that shit is going to go down the way that it goes down. In San Francisco, it's going to go down the way that it's going to go down. That's in right. L.A., there's no point in, in Chicago, oh, similar kind of thing. Don't yeah. get hung up on the shit that happens in the yeah. big cities, man, about, about trends. That isn't a fucking trend. What a trend is when Democrats are winning in Republican districts. That's a fucking trend. That tells you something. Even if you have a Democrat that cuts into a lead in the deep south 20 points less than the last guy that did it, that's a fucking trend. That's what you want to be looking at, and that tells you, is there a blue wave? There is a fucking blue wave, okay? And that's what we want to keep going. And the point is, let's stop fascism first, and we can have our infighting after the defeat of fascism happens. Okay, because I'm glad, like, l please, let's lead from the left, from the different coasts. I don't care. You can depose all of them in the safe fucking districts in San Francisco, in California. I don't care. Because guess what, Joel? Those people are voting Democrat anyway. So if those things go left, then you know what happens? Then our, our Democratic Party institutionally is going to automatically have to follow some of the thoughts and desires of those people. And, th and that is the basis of reform. But this, but this siren song that people are putting out there about that this represents some fucking revolution because one person won a primary in, in, a, in an already leftist district is absurd. Man, that's an absurd calculus. Right. And, uh, and it is not demonstrative of, of it's, no, it's indicative of a trend that is happening in big cities and I, I fully expect that that trend is going to continue in districts that are already safely and assumedly and assumedly left what worries me is the moderate democrats like the Joe Liebermans or whatever in the world who are upset at that result. No, 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 no. Hold on. Okay. And I agree with the guy. We're going long. But I got to say it. I reserve as much ire for those fucks over the last couple of days as I do for the Bernie people. Okay? Me too. Shut the fuck up. Fuck this moderate. Shut up. Man. Shut let's the go, fuck let's go up. Shut up about the leftist thing. Just shut up. Let's get, let's get progressive as fuck. Let's shut the fuck up up about the leftist thing let the cities on the left coast and on the left portion of the right coast let them do let them well. let them do what they want if they want to fucking elect leftist people that's what they want to do and we're going to pull the fucking party in that direction but shut the fuck up about trying to sit there and say oh we're going to be so fucking defeated because 
you know, young people in the fucking cities want to elect progressive people. Of course young people in the cities want to elect progressive people, you stupid old baby boomer dummies for crying out loud. What fucking goddamn island are you living on? I mean, I understand that. Like, there, there is like an equation of equivalent stupidity, you know, yeah. in this. Like, and that has only erupted in the last couple of days in a response to these articles that all these people have written because they're like, quote unquote, Democrats are bracing for a quote unquote revolution. And that is based in hyperbole. Like, buckle down, accept the fact that it's going to be pulled left by these constituents that are in more leftist uh, areas right. and by this massive amount of millennials who are finally becoming like m older than 30 and therefore people who aren't just sitting around smoking pot and, and, and being fucking lazy yeah, fucks yeah, yeah. on their sofas and getting up and going to vote. Because young people don't vote, Joel. They just don't. The older they get, the more they vote. So I hope that there's a glut of 30 to 35-year-old millennials that get off their ass and go out and vote. You vote exactly. any way you want, and, as and, long and, as it's and, fucking and left. Look, this, this, narrative, this narrative that like these 30-year-old millennials in New York, Brooklyn, Austin, Portland, Oregon, all these you know liberal havens around the country shouldn't be so progressive because it's going to turn off for voters in the Midwest is bullshit. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, look, I, I mean, that's anathema to the whole thing of like all politics is local for crying right. out loud. Exactly. You think that people in fucking Ohio are sitting there going like, yeah, but they're showing show. Look, dude, I'm going to be honest with you, man. Like the, a lot of the people that you, you have a whole shit ton of people in the Rust Belt who were Bernie or, Bernie or Trump, okay? They like the idea of progressive social politics. I don't understand how that is, that somebody could be like so far to the right and simultaneously so far to the fucking left. But, right. but, that, but Joel, it's a reality and it fucking exists. And that should make people feel okay with the idea that there are people on the left that are, that are running. And I hope that people are listening to this, man, because I spent so much time trying to talk sense <laughs> online to people who uh, are just utterly convinced that they're not going to do the right thing and vote against fascism. And it's just simply a question of priorities, okay? Vote for the candidate that has all the fucking warts if that candidate is going to displace somebody who supports a fascist. That's, That's what right. I'm saying. If that candidate has a ton of warts, I don't give a sh I mean, seriously, it's like I said, I would vote for a piece of pile of shit, a pile of dog shit with googly eyes, if it had a Democrat next to it. You well, know? look, man. I just uh, would. Bill, Bill Clinton once, once famously questioned what the meaning of it is, or is, is, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'll, I'll take that over Donald Trump uh, miss, you know, confusing wood versus wood. I'll you know, tell because, I, I know. Because it's, it's about, at some point, it's about intention. It's just stunning. Like, don't you have children? Aren't you fucking worried that this guy's insane rants are going to wind up, he's going to press the button and, like, try to have a fucking nuclear war? You know, I mean... It's an all-caps I mean, tweet to, what the to the country I know. Iran today. He's insane. 
How could that not be your top fucking priority? I don't care if the whole goddamn fucking Congress was made up of clones of Nancy Pelosi, if that meant to fucking get rid of the fascist. I mean, I don't understand how people cannot be passionate about getting rid of these fucking people. And how, how can you be more passionate about infighting on the left than defeating the right? the way that the right is right now. That's a phenomenal victory for the right every time that fucking happens, man. So just get on the fucking bandwagon. Stop your fucking bickering. Stop masturbating about the per perfect fucking candidate in the world. Look, Bernie Sanders' chief campaign strategist was Paul Manafort's business partner, for crying out loud. Okay? I bet you didn't know that, Bernie Sanders fucking people. Paul Manafort's business partner was Bernie Sanders' campaign strategist, the ultimate Washington Beltway insider lobbyist campaign strategist fuck that you could hire in all of Washington, D.C., Bernie Sanders hired to run the strategic wing of his campaign, all right? So you want to say that your guy's Mr. Fucking Purity, fine. Go in a corner and masturbate, and we don't have to fucking worry about you because you're unreliable as a voter. So just go be unreliable, all right? I'm talking to the people who are reliable out there. If you're reliable and we can count on you to get out there and vote blue, come November 6th, get up off your ass and vote against fascism. That's all that I'm fucking saying. Please, for God's sake, let's fucking get rid of this. There's never been a national imperative that is greater than this imperative in our this lifetimes. Is the, this, is, this is arguably the most important election ever ever in the history and you made it that you helped to make it that way because sure. the last election that was the most important election was the previous one two years ago that's right and this one has been amplified and made even more important because of the mistakes that happened in the last election that's so right. let's fucking correct that because we know that we're the majority all right you know how we know that because in every fucking national we've only lost one out of six of the national general elections from the popular vote. Right. In the last six, that tells me we're in the fucking majority. If you're in the majority and you can't fucking capture the majority, there's something pathetic about you. So just get out there and fucking vote. And especially, I'm going to say this, I'm going to stop bagging on the fucking Bernie Sanders people. I'm directing this to the 30, 35% of people who are of voting age and registered who haven't turned out to vote for whatever reason. You, you sad sacks. You, you are pathetic. Because if you don't see the imperative and the emergency that this country is facing right now, then you just, you sad sacks, and you're not worthy, uh, in, in my mind, of, of being called a citizen. You know? There's never been a, a moral imperative that has presented itself as clear and, a, a, and with, with such clarity and focus as getting out and deposing these fucking fascists and, 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 and making sure that the greatest threat to your life, your children's life, that we've ever seen in the history of this country in our lifetimes, which is unbelievably coming from the president of our own country, has to be removed. We have to remove that threat. And if you don't see that that threat it's the number one thing, then I encourage you to fucking stay at home because we don't need yeah, you. Yeah, we don't I, need yeah, you. It has, it, it has to happen this midterm because 
I feel like, to your point, that Trump is so unhinged that, I mean, it really could, he could really do something that irreversibly damages this country in terms of war um, if we don't take control of the Congress come November. Because <clears throat> the only way this thing is going to work out for us with this fucking insane person as our president is to take control of Congress and impeach the motherfucker. Look, I said it before and I'll say it again, Joel. I will drive you. If you're a millennial, if you're in between the age of 18 and 35, which is the worst voting demographic in the country, historically, every single yeah. time, period, without fail, for the last 50 years that they've been tracking statistics, I will fucking pick you up in my car and I'll drive you to the polls if you're voting for a Democrat. And then I'll buy you a shot and a beer. Shot and a beer, babe. Okay. That's an offer. Okay, so if you want it, if you want that, then uh, then let me know. Write us, write us at the fucking good life babe. That's right. I can't even think. I mean, we do so many ridiculous tries at promotional ideas to push this podcast out there, so that maybe we could make like five dollars at some point. Um, you know, and 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 that doesn't even make you any money. That's going to cost me money that I don't even have right now but that's how devoted i am to the idea of just you getting up off your ass and stop being fucking stoned or whatever it is that you're fucking doing and go and vote for the fucking democrat in order to depose this fascist because it's just that fucking important please stop with the bullshit and just get out and get rid of these assholes that's right all right okay we can start there let's start at that point yeah, you're right, man. <laughs> All right. Look, man, I'm in the nation's capital, man. I just went by Abraham Lincoln's <clears throat> memorial and the fucking the whole nine yards, man. And there were leaders back in the day that you could look up to, you know, and be inspired. Look, by. he boxed his opponent. He boxed one of his opponents, okay? But, okay, let's get back to that. What kind of person are you, you know, yeah, out what there? What kind of person are you? You're not boxing your opponents. You know, Lincoln boxed somebody. He's like, I don't agree with you. And the other guy's like, I don't agree. Let's box. Let's box it out. And then Lincoln beat the shit out of him. And that was the end of that. Yeah, good link. (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks. All right, dude. It's a goodlifebabe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans. Buck 42. I think this is the longest podcast we've ever done, Joel. Yeah, you're right. Later.